to another great episode of The Bourbon Road with your hosts, Jim and Brian, where they talk bourbon and, of course, drink bourbon. Grab yourself a pour, kick back, and enjoy another trip down the bourbon road. It's never too early to start planning your trip to the Bourbon Trail for 2023. We hope you'll join the Bourbon Road crew as we pull out all the stops this year at Bourbon on the Banks. So mark your calendars for October 6th and 7th, and we'll plan on seeing you in Frankfort, Kentucky. Be sure to listen in during the halftime break for all the details on Bourbon on the Banks. Well, welcome back, listeners, to another episode of the Bourbon Road Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Shannon. In the studio with us tonight is Brian Hyatt, our co-host. Brian, welcome back again for another episode. Thank you, Jim. All right, so we are actually, again, on the road, like we do, but this time we're, uh, I mean, where where are we, Rosa? You are in a dungeon. We're in the dungeon. You are in a very brightly lit dungeon. Yeah, but where... Where in the Louisville area are we? Well, without giving away my address. No, we don't want to know your address. <laughs> <laughs> We're, uh, I live in Middletown. Okay. So thank you for coming to my home and into my podcast recording studio. Well, thanks for having us. It's been it's been pretty nice. We've already had a pretty cool gin cocktail tonight. Yeah. And uh, we're we're actually I hate to admit this, but we're we're actually. This is our second try at recording this episode. I'm very happy about it, honestly. You're glad to have a retake on it? I am, yeah. Well, folks, the reason we're doing this again is because Jim messed up and we had a bad track on the recording. So we spent a wonderful evening Mm -hmm. at Equus Restaurant, Mm -hmm. the home of Jack's and the Black Rabbit uh, Speakeasy. Speakeasy. Yeah. They treated us fantastic there. Mm -hmm. It was really great. Um, food, excellent cocktails, tremendous that, atmosphere. That salmon I had was to die for. And we wow. did we did a really good job of a podcast. I wish we could have yeah. put it out there because it was so much fun. We had we laughed mm-hmm. and we ate and we yeah. drank and it was just a wonderful time. Mm-hmm. But th- we had so much fun. I'm glad we get to do it again. Oh, that's cool. So well, anyway, so we get a chance to retake this, and you know that. That recording gets to go into the trash heap. Plus, we had to have this gin because I had to share with you my personal collection. Got it. Perfect. Well, we did have a gin cocktail before we started. We could talk about that a little bit. But Mm -hmm. first, our listeners are kind of wondering, who is this lady, Rosa? Right. Right. We're sitting here talking to this girl. What does she do? Who is she? I mean, you kind of do a lot of stuff, but Uh the real real theme of this show is around – the work that you do as a food uh, influencer. Mm-hmm. So you have been to like an unimaginable number of restaurants along the <laughs> Bourbon Trail. Yeah, I've been to 300 restaurants in the Louisville area in the last two and a half years. Most of them are locally owned and operated, and um, they're something you can't find outside of our area because they're very unique. And so I will take pictures of the food and make videos of my experiences and share that on social media and then interview the owners. And also I've started interviewing nonprofit leaders as well. 
just to learn more about the people making the Louisville and Kentuckiana area great. Yeah, that is so cool. But I'm just thinking about that number 300. Brian, have you done the math? I've been to more since we talked earlier this week, so maybe we should start a running tally. Like you're you're pushing, you're you're heading towards four hundred. Yeah, I mean it's a new year. Like pretty soon I'll say four hundred in the last three years. Well, so. I mean if it's like three hundred restaurants in two years, so there's only three hundred sixty five days in a year. So if you went to a restaurant every single day in a year. You'd yeah. be at 360. You're, you're about where you so are. So it's like every other day for every, two and a half years. Yeah. Every other oh. day. Wow. My husband was like, yeah, that sounds like the last few years. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brian, have you done the math? Three, 300 restaurants in two years. I mean, how many restaurants have you been at in the last year? Just not just, even close to just that. Yes. I would say 30. My, my wife's in the room and I'm I'm looking at her and I'm thinking we haven't been to 10 <laughs> probably. Well, is that because you go to the same places over and over again? We just don't eat out a lot. No. Oh, okay. We do. We, yeah. we go to the same restaurants yeah. pretty regular. I think most people who eat out go to the same places over and over again because you have an, I, a specific dish that you like. And you know it's going to be great. If you're going to spend money on it, you know you want to like it. And people want go want what's comfortable. And they want something they can depend on. And going to a new place is scary for a lot of people. Um, spending money on something you might not like is scary. So I get that. I also uh, think convenience is, is a big part of it too. You know, when you have somewhere that's Five minutes away that you can go quick, easy. You know what you're getting. It's reliable. I felt like when we were at Equus the other night mm -hmm. that a lot of those people go there all the time. Yeah. And so actually, I think that convenience is not so much a factor as unless we're talking about the convenience of an established neural pathway of I've been here before and I have experienced this before. And because we are surrounded in Louisville by so many amazing different, you work downtown, man. Like there, there's a plethora, the majority of the restaurants that I have been to would be convenient to you from your work. Right. So I don't think that's holding you back. I think it's the convenience of that neural pathway of and that they comfort. Pop up and they go away and they, and they pop away. up and they go away. Yeah. Oh my goodness, yeah. I had this list of all these places I wanted to go to. And I was like, oh, what if they close down before I get there? And so I have to like do this mental exercise of if they do, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so here, here's my neural pathway. Oh my goodness, they have shrimp and grits. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get there. that one. <laughs> right? I love seafood and my husband does not. So I, I go to those places without him a lot <laughs> all right well you poured a whiskey for us tonight I did. and uh why don't you tell us what we have in our glass so i poured you some green river bourbon i just took a group of about 15 women on a distillery tour of the green river distilling company in owensboro kentucky it is on the bourbon trail which is why we went we wanted to get our field guides stamped um because they have a passport for the bourbon trail and um we got our passport stamped there. And then at the end of our tour, once we got to see how it was all made, we uh, went into the tasting room and we got to taste it neat and then add some water. And then um, I think they 
had a rye or something. There was a third option. And now I'm blanking on it. But I had a really distinct experience with this because normally when I've tried bourbon, I like it on the rocks. I like to add a little bit of water to open up the flavors and stuff. But I I had it neat and it was so smooth and it was so good. And then I added like a dropper of water like I normally do. And it was awful. And I was like, I never want to taste this again. (laughs) (laughs) And so it really stood out in my mind. And I was like, I've got to take this back and share this with my, you know, all my people. And be like, this is what I will be drinking neat, by the way. Yeah. So this is the, uh, this is the standard bourbon on a Green River distillery. Yeah. And uh, I think it's six year. The six, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it should be right at about a six-year bourbon now. Mm-hmm. They have really fun bottles. They're shaped like horseshoes. Yeah, it does. If you flip the bottle upside down, it's got like a horseshoe on it and a big GR in the middle standing mm-hmm. for Green River. It is a 90-proof Kentucky bourbon. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, now, there's not a lot of distilleries in Owensboro, but the two that are there are huge, right? Yeah, it was massive. They have, they control the seasons inside of their warehouses and they were talking about it. And so they're like, yeah, we like that we have four seasons in Kentucky, but in our warehouses we have six and we can schedule them. (laughs) I mean, this place was huge. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. We we actually got a chance to go there as well and we had a great tour and Mm -hmm. really enjoyed ourselves there. I think if you go back in our library of podcast episodes i think you'll find them maybe a year back or so but we had a really good time there and it's just an amazing place with a lot of history and it's so beautiful like if you want to have a wedding there you could do that it's gorgeous well i tell you i've always thought the green river bourbon was pretty darn good um this is a little bit further along aged than what i had the last Mm -hmm. time i was with them yeah they had just bottled the yeah and this is this has definitely improved a little bit since even the last time. And I thought it was pretty spectacular then. This is really good. Yeah. And I I don't remember. You, you might have to help me. What's what's this one at price-wise? Do you remember? $37.99. $37.99. Mm-hmm. Great looking bottle. Uh, Kentucky Distillery. Kentucky DSP KY10. So this is the 10th licensed distillery ever in the state of Kentucky. That puts them way back in time. Of course, they've been shut down and resurrected and under can new I, ownership. Can I complain about that? Yeah, sure. <laughs> because, okay, so we're doing these distillery tours, and I know they want to have their numbers to indicate the history of it. So we start the tour, and this lovely man, Day, is telling us about the original founders of the Green River Distilling Company and how it won all these like global awards for how great their bourbon tasted and all this. And then they shut down for like 20 years with Prohibition and then other periods that were it was shut down. And the original recipe was made in these huge wooden vats. And during or after Prohibition, those wooden vats were sold to Maker's Mark. And now they use like metal ones yeah so which is standard so it's not the same well not only that but they don't even have the original recipe to work Mm -hmm. with and they just made their own recipe so this is phenomenal this is an excellent product but it's not what they were winning world awards for yeah and that's 1895 and that's kind of happened over and over again with the resurrection of the old dsp numbers you know a lot of times 
Uh, I just descendant. feel like it's kind of a misnomer. It is. It is. Mm. But, you know, if a, a descendant or a family member picks up on their family story from 100 years ago and they yeah. say, hey, I want to start a distillery today. And, uh, oh, by the way, my great, great granddaddy used to own X distillery. And it is in the same place. And that number is just sitting there in the record books and nobody has it. Yeah. They request it. And sure. it's called a, you know, sort of a, it's a historical request. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they'll do whatever they can to make it happen. Yeah. Because it's, it's cool. It's fine. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that it's the same distillery. It doesn't mean that this drink that you're drinking is the same thing that won those awards. Right. right? right. I, and that's kind of what I felt like was getting confused in the I'm gonna, story. I'm going to take a venture and say in many cases it's probably better today than it was back then. It probably is. Yeah. I, I would think so too. But, you know, I love the stories. I love I the too. idea of it. I can't imagine tasting something from the 1890s, really. And as it was the day it was, you know, put out back then. But when they test the proof by lighting a match. Yeah. So- <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's, let's move on a little bit. Uh, so, we all know at this point that you're a uh, food influencer, mm-hmm. but what do you do for your day job? I am a nurse. Yeah. Uh, right now, I call patients after they're discharged for the, from the hospital, but I was in the ICU for eight years. And um, during that time, I um, I was with people on the worst days of their lives, even when they got better. Uh, um and then on days when they didn't get better, I held their hand while they were dying or held their family members while the patient was dying. And it was just a lot of shared grief. Yeah. And um, and I would I loved my job and I loved the people and the connections and the authenticity of it because nobody's faking anything <laughs> when you're going through those really hard situations. And but it also is really hard on my heart and um and i i realized i wanted to make sure that i lived before i died and i didn't feel like i had yeah really. i've been very responsible like i didn't start drinking till i was over 30 <laughs> so um it was very and not in an unhealthy way but i'm just saying like i was trying to do everything to be very financially and uh, everything responsible. So I don't know. I started to prioritize having fun. So it had that. a profound effect on your it life. It really did. And this is, this is the period of time through the, the COVID. I was burnt out before COVID. Yeah. So you kind of <laughs> did that, that job before COVID yeah, and really it just got did. worse during COVID. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So on my unit, a lot of um, people would call on me to be with the people who were dying because I was, good at it as far as supporting the patient i was comforting to people um but i think that means that i walked through that death and dying process a lot more frequently maybe than other people did yeah um i don't know i can't compare myself to other people but i definitely can say that that had a huge effect on me and i needed to brighten up my outlook a little bit (laughs) i don't think everybody can do that job not anybody can Mm -hmm. do that job yeah that's true those people who are still doing it are deserve all of our praise yeah support 
Yeah. So you're also a bit involved in nonprofit fundraisers mm-hmm. and and things like. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, starting with the area in which I work, which is funded through raising money through nonprofits, um, we had some fundraiser events that I helped get auction items for and learned how that process worked. And um, it's really cool to get to partner with like these restaurants that I and local businesses and be like, hey, let's spotlight them in um, these different ways and say, hey, we've got this great auction package that's a compilation of all these different local things that we can spotlight instead of let's send them out of town to Chicago or whatever. Let's focus on what we have here locally that's a treasure. And like you said, Brian, you go to the same 30 restaurants over and over again. Like you could have a new experience without leaving town. (laughs) But, you know, sometimes people need to win that at an auction to go down the street. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So that's kind of how that got started. And um, so I got on the planning committee for some different um, fundraising events and then um, through my Instagram, I get invited to go to a lot of events to promote them as well as to take pictures and stuff while it's happening to document it for later. So it's a lot of fun. I get to meet a lot of really cool people who are making a difference in the community in a lot of different ways that I didn't know existed. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. So how do you see that tie in with the bourbon industry from the nonprofit fundraisers do you see a lot of that crossover um most of the money is raised through auctioning off bourbon (laughs) at almost every event i think we've seen a couple yeah maybe a few here and there with pappy yeah i mean that's kind of what we do in kentucky right i mean that's it's it's, everybody gets excited about pappy but i tell you what michter's is generous yeah can i just say like kudos to them like they are huge at supporting local organizations and so if you get a chance to support Michter's, like they really do give back to the community and like everybody gets all excited. Like here's this really rare puppy, but like there's probably like 50 bottles like yeah. up for auction and all those different distilleries are donating them to be auctioned off, you know? So it just so happens that those are the ones that kind of get the attention, but mm-hmm. you're, you're right. Absolutely. Companies like Michter's, mm-hmm. And uh, and Peerless and Four Roses. I mean, they're all um, contributing at a pretty high level mm-hmm, they are. to the fundraisers and and those groups doing good. Mm-hmm. So, what's the one you're working with specifically? Right now, I am a Woman of Impact nominee for the American Heart Association. So, I worked as a stroke nurse in the ICU, and I um, saw some miraculous transformations of people who were treated for stroke, and their symptoms were reversed, and they were able to regain the function of their body. Um, And then I've also seen strokes go really bad, and that really be the end of that person's quality of life, and they're completely disabled and it's a burden to their whole family and their community and stuff like that. And so I want to support the research and the community resources and education of early recognition of the signs and symptoms of stroke and 
uh, to activate EMS if you see someone having a stroke and call 911 because if you do get there in time, then you may be eligible to get those symptoms reversed. And a lot of people don't know that that's even possible. So I'm working with the American Heart Association um, as part of the Go Red for Women campaign uh, to fundraise and raise awareness through April 6th. That's awesome. Year. Yeah, I, I've always heard that. Um, and, and we can all, any of us could be faced with a stroke victim at any point in time. And mm-hmm. and if you could recognize those symptoms mm-hmm. and uh, and make the call mm-hmm. and get them help quickly. Don't ask them if they want you to make the call. No, if they, they're having an injury to their brain, they don't need to make that decision. Yeah. <laughs> Just call 911 and EMS is equipped to make that decision if the person is appropriate to go to the hospital. Yeah, but but seconds, minutes and seconds count. They do. Yeah, every minute um brain cells die. So if you can get there within less than four hours, then you may be able to get Altiplase, the clot-busting medication that can open up the circulation to your brain again. And um, then there's also a neurosurgical procedure where they can go in and pull the clot out of your brain. Pretty cool. So yeah, amazing. I would say that probably most stroke victims who aren't alone, those who are alone, that, that's a different story. Well, but if you're yeah. not alone, it's very important that those around you can recognize the symptoms and mm-hmm. make that call because so many people could be saved. Mm-hmm. You want me to talk about what to look for? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That would be great. I mean, uh, so we use an acronym called BFAST where B is for balance. So if you experience a sudden change in balance, E is for eyes, a sudden change in vision. F is for face. You may have seen some people have a facial droop on one side or they lose all the sensation or they go numb on one side of their face. A is for arms, uh, where your arms and legs are on one side. You lose um, strength on one side or sensation. And then S is for speech. It could be slurred speech. A lot of people don't get called 911 for them because people assume they're drunk. Ah, yeah. And so it might sound like somebody is drunk. Um, and then it could also be not understanding what's being said to you or saying all the wrong words. Like you say a jumbled mess of words that don't go together. And then T is for time, where time saved is brain saved. And so that's when you call 911. Yeah. So if they appear to be... um not even on both sides. That's a big thing, right? If you're yes. looking at them and one side doesn't seem to be mm-hmm. like the other side. Some people are like that at baseline. But <laughs> if you're looking at somebody and that changes, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Slurred speech, uh, yeah. you know, vision, stuff like that. That's, mm-hmm. that's great to know. I mean, I think we probably, a few people have heard that right now and it may make a dis- difference in somebody's life. So. I hope so. Thanks for sharing that. Hey, if it helps one person, it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Brian, what do you think about this uh, this this bourbon? I think it's good. Yeah? I like it. Green River. Uh, you know, not a lot of people get to Owensboro when they're on the bourbon trail. It's, it's kind of out there. two hours away from Louisville. We carpooled. I drove like yeah. four other women up there and we... um. Had, uh, we went out to eat at Sassafras afterwards, which is a locally owned restaurant in a historic building in Owensboro. And their house bourbon is Green River. And um, the owner or the manager took us upstairs and told us ghost stories and told us about the Underground Railroad going through the tunnels from that r- building we were in into the, like the courthouse. And then there was a tunnel where they would take people out back so the lynch mob didn't get them. 
them. And I mean, it was really fun. So when you're on these distillery tours, um, there's more to it. Like if you explore the surrounding area and get more of the story. That's a pretty cool place. I don't remember where we ate. If we ate at, we ate at some old house. It was like was a, it barbecue? You know, Owensboro is really we, known well. For we've barbecue. been to some barbecue places for sure. There, I don't, oh, Moonlight Barbecue. Oh, was it Moonlight or no, I, Moonlight's I say, good? The mutton. Mutton. Yeah. I'm wrong there. Brian's got the story. Somebody on bring there. me some of that. I don't want to drive all the way out there, but somebody bring me that. That sounds good. <laughs> all right. Well, I definitely want to talk about. I mean, you kind of got this thing going on where you're sort of mapping out the restaurants along the bourbon trail and you got a mm-hmm. plan for that, right? You're trying to, you're yeah. checking off the, you're checking off everything on. So let's first talk about that little checklist you got for keeping track of your progress on the bourbon trail. Where do you get one of those at? The field guide is available at each distillery that is on the bourbon trail. And then you can also get it at the Fraser History Museum, which says it's the first place but doesn't stamp your field guide. So. They want to be the they want to be the starting point. They want to be that place where it says start. Like start here. I know, but they don't stamp a start on there. I was like, "Can you like write something in there or something?" And the guy was like, "No, we don't do that." And I'm like, "Then why do I start here? I already had my field guide. I got an itching beam. I don't understand why I'm here." Uh, you, I get that. Like I took my daughter to the Fraser History Museum because it was great, and we watched this great video about Kentucky and the history of Kentucky. And they've got a great um, room full of bottles of bourbon upstairs, and I know they have events up there. But yeah. Okay, so you got this this thing, and it's got all the distilleries on. It's kind of a little pamphlet. And you go around and you get it stamped or not, in the case of the Fraser History Museum. <laughs> you better get it stamped because if you get them all stamped, they're supposed to be a prize. Yeah, like do a T-shirt. Do you know what it is? Oh, wow. No, do you know what it is? I don't know what the prize is. I don't either because it doesn't say what it is. So I'm going to find out. Okay. I don't know anybody who has done it. I think okay. I think we've been to them all, but we don't carry the field guide with us. Well, so. if you don't get the stamps, you don't get the prize, that's Jim. A, that's exactly true. <laughs> so <laughs> so ha- how many are on the on the list? Oh, gosh. Well, because there's there's the bourbon trail list and then there's the craft bourbon at t- trail as well. So it's like 100 different places, something like that. I didn't count them. I'm Should sorry. Should probably be a pretty good prize, right? I would, th- I would hope so. More more than just like a T-shirt. I would hope so. Yeah. What do you think, Jim? I would. I think it's probably a T-shirt, but I don't know. <laughs> or it might change, you know, like if they have a sponsor each month. Yeah. That, like, I don't know. I think it should be some kind of compilation gift from all the distilleries. Well, you know, do you know anybody at the KDA? No. You, know, you don't know anybody at the Kentucky Bourbon Trail? I mean. The main offices there Maybe in I do, and I don't know that's probably, where they are. Well, I think, <laughs> I'll be honest. At this point. <laughs> well, I think, I think you could probably reach out to Heather or somebody and find mm-hmm. out, right? Sure. Yeah. Well. I think it's obviously in it for the experience. I yeah. didn't prioritize it enough to like find out what it is. I didn't, I didn't get that. I, what I got by listening to you was you were darn upset. You didn't get a stamp. So you're in it for no, the stamp. I went and I had, <laughs> I went and they said I was supposed to start there. And I'm like, but now I have no proof that I started here. Do I need proof or do I not? I'm I sure there's going to be several people Googling when they listen right? to this. What, well, think, what do we get when we finish this? Exactly. And I, I don't think there's an answer on the website. So Probably somebody's going to have their phone ringing. 
All right. So you're welcome. So anyway, so you're you're gonna you're gonna go and get all these distilleries on one, and then eventually probably go to the craft and get do those two. Mm-hmm. Right. You're gonna get them all checked off. Mm-hmm. But while you're doing that, you have to eat. I, you, yes, you got to soak up that alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you're going to try and find an experience mm-hmm. and document yes. restaurants, yes. places to eat that are near these distilleries. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. Okay. Well, um, so far, I've been to Peerless, and Peerless did not have a restaurant nearby. Uh, so I ended up going to Wendy's. I did not document that. But um, <laughs> let's see. Where else did we go? I went to Evan Williams. And after Evan Williams, I went out to eat at Muscle and Burger Bar. Very good. Yes. That place is amazing. Yeah. Uh, they obviously have great burgers, but they also have a lot of good seafood options. So um, we went to Castle and Key, which is near Frankfort, Kentucky, and um, we ate at Bourbon on Main, which is an amazing restaurant. Everything we had was so delicious. Let's see. We had some bacon-covered deviled eggs. Oh, my gosh. It was so good. Speaking my language. Yes. You've got to go to Bourbon on mm. Main. <sighs> yeah. Well, let's, let's, let's stick to Louisville a little bit. I know you, sure. you've been to a number of places in Louisville. Now, first of all, we're not talking about high-end fine dining we're not talking about restaurants that are going to cost you hundreds of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars. or whatever it is. yeah i've kind of i've always wondered like what are the dollar signs yes it's a mystery isn't it so it if is you go on yelp or something where you're looking up restaurant reviews if you see one dollar sign you should be able to eat a meal there for less than ten dollars I think most of those places don't exist now after COVID because inflation. <laughs> but if you see $2 signs, it means you should be able to eat there and get a meal for less than $100. So the, but if you the see three dollar signs represent tens places, the zeros. Correct. Like how many zeros, right? Yeah. Okay. So if you see three, yeah. then you can expect for one person to spend like $100 on a meal there. So. I mean, if I if if I said five dollar signs, you, mm-hmm. you're gonna have to sell your I'd house. Be like to- Jim, you are paying for dinner because <laughs> that's outside my budget. Sorry. <laughs> All right, folks. So we're gonna take a short break here, and when we come back, I actually want to finish drinking this Green River whiskey here, and we come back in the second half. We're probably gonna have another pour, maybe a cocktail. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? Do you Rosa? need more Empress Gin? You know, I, Brian brought a bottle too. Oh yeah, you brought. What'd you bring, Brian? Brought a special bottle of Angel's Envy. It's a, you. You did a barrel pick. I did a barrel pick. What? We might have to touch on that just a little bit in a second. Yeah. All right, right, folks, we're gonna take a short break. We'll be right back. As we mentioned earlier in the show, we hope you'll join us this fall on October 6th and 7th for Bourbon on the Banks. The festival itself is from 2 to 6 p.m. on October the 7th, and you can pick those tickets up at bourbononthebanks.org for $65. They also have an early access ticket for $75. It'll get you in an hour early and definitely get you access to some special pours. 
But if you always like that VIP access, this year they're bringing in the VIP access tickets. We'll give you access to their VIP tent and all the great things that go along with that for $175. Be sure to check out bourbononthebanks.org to get all the details on this year's event. Right, so we're back for the second half here. We started the night off with the Green River. Uh, we're going to go ahead and switch directions here a little bit and go to an Angel's Envy pick that I had the honor of being a part of with the Louisville Thoroughbred Society. So everybody has a little bit in their glass right now. We're going to enjoy that here and maybe move on to something a little bit later. So what's what's the proof on this, Brian? So we're sitting at 110 on this one. Oh, okay. So this is a uh, kind of a, a barrel proof kind of pick here. I see it's got the wings hang tag around the neck there. That's right. So how many how many people picked this bottle? There were four of us. Oh, just so four was, people. That's right. Did you guys all agree on it? Uh, Tyler was the only one that was a little bit iffy on it. Yeah. Uh. But afterwards, he said it was the right pick. Oh. So what went into choosing it? Like, did you go around tasting different barrels or did they have a flight for you? Or We did. Like? So so actually, we did a little bit of a VIP tour, which was was a lot of fun. I've been on some tours there before. And, and the, when you're doing a pick, it's a little bit different. So you get to go through and, and see some different areas that you don't necessarily get to see when you're doing just a regular tour. Uh, we were able to taste uh, several different uh, several different types while we were there. But then you go into the back room, a little, they say it's secret, not really allowed to talk about a lot, say what's back there. So Did they make you sign an NDA? I did not sign an NDA. Then I guess they didn't mean it was very <laughs> secret, did they? <laughs> Angel Simpy is a big place. But but I I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my pack that I made. <gasps> And not share too much from it. Did you make a gentleman's agreement and shake somebody's hand? I did. Oh, that, I did. Well, that's so, got to mean something. So I have to stand by my word there. But yep. they brought out four different, uh, four different barrels, and we were able to taste each one. And then, obviously, you go through the process, and they drop a little water in it. They have their cool little techniques that they use. Um, secret techniques. There's that's right, secret techniques. And then you you kind of. Talk about you have little sheets that you make notes on and you talk about what you like, what you don't like, and you have some pretzels and different things that you taste. You know, you have to cleanse the palate mm-hmm. consistently. You got to make sure that you have you've got a clean palate. Um, and then you know, you kind of all talk through what do you like, what do you think, and then you pick what you're gonna go with. So and three of you were strong for this one. That's right. Tyler was kind of iffy, but he, he came over to the dark side. That's right. It is dark. It is. It is kind of a dark one. It is. <clears throat> it's a very dark one. All right. So were the barrels vastly different from each other? They really were. Yeah. Well, that's probably good. I'd never done a a barrel pick at Angel's Envy before, and I was always curious if their barrels are vastly different. But I guess it, it's, a, it's a general rule in the game that they usually are. Uh, they usually have some difference to them, and... And you can you can definitely tell. So was this one an outlier or was it just a really good choice? 
Um, I think with with the three of us that agreed on it, it was just pretty clear. Um, but but I will say through the process, you know, when you when you taste it and then you add a little bit of water to it, and it changes the the flavor profiles there. Um, there was some variance from tasting without the water in it, and then as we put that in, everybody all agreed on the same one initially starting out it wasn't necessarily so much of an agreement to start but it it changed quite a bit all right well let's check it out guys brian you've been with this bottle for a little bit right i have so let's let's hear your notes on it so i have to say right now one of my favorite things that i'm watching if you would just look across the room (laughs) uh, jim and i have our wives here in the room (laughs) And one of my favorite things is to watch my wife taste uh, taste bourbon and watch her facial expressions. And that was a great one. Um, it Rose, pack- Rosie can tell you she was watching that whole She's interaction. She's very expressive. I love it, too. <laughs> hey, Leslie, it packs a punch, mm-hmm. huh? Definitely packs a punch. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, I don't know if the mics picked that up, but she said definitely it packs a punch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no doubt that it's finished in, in port wine barrels as most angels envy is, is finished in, in some type of, uh, Ruby port typically, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a Ruby port. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're definitely going to get that, that finished flavor, uh, profile from it. But, um, this one to me, it's really sweet. A lot of caramel. It does have an awful lot of caramel for kind of a port finished bourbon. I was surprised by the, by the nose that I got off yeah. of it. Now you, you're getting a little bit of that, uh, tannic grape note to it i don't know it comes from the port barrel i'm sure but um it's more of a oropharyngeal taste that you get in the back what is of it? your mouth what is it what's that that grape taste that yeah. you're talking about i got it more in the after uh-huh like as you're swallowing it the oropharyngeal taste oh man i don't even know what that word it's means like as it's in the back of your mouth you're smelling it from the back end oh yeah. okay Man, I got so much to learn. I really do. That is so cool. So is that a uh, is that something that you experience not only in tasting like wines and whiskeys and things like that, but also in food? Tasting is not just that initial when you put it in your mouth. You know, you get different stuff out of it throughout the whole experience. Now, I've always heard, and I I, I believe it, and I understand it from all the whiskey tastings I've done, but that you're your mouth tastes about at a 10% level to the hundred percent level that your nose does. Um, I don't know about the percentages, but yeah. Um, Heather Wibbles had me pinch your nose and taste it. Yeah. See what you get out of it. And you get entirely. Okay. I'm going to do it. Yeah. We're all going to pinch our go. nose. That's me it. with my Cheers. nose. <laughs> yeah. It's totally different. Yeah. I mean, totally, there's like, almost nothing day. to it. It's like it burns and then almost all of the positive experience is coming through your nose. Yeah. Yeah. But it, I think it's just natural as you're sipping on something that the, that the aromas come back up through your nose. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's a twofold thing. Yeah. We had Heather on the show before and I think mm-hmm. she took us through that. I had forgotten, but <laughs> that lady knows her whiskey, doesn't oh, she? She's an expert. Yeah. Yes. So Heather is the cocktail contessa yeah. and uh, she had recently written a book. Yeah. And she's also very, very involved in bourbon women. 
she's their only employee. Their only employee. She is the Bourbon. Bourbon Women National Organization. Yep. Great lady. We had a great time with her. A lot of fun. I just interviewed her for my podcast as well. Yay! Yeah. Well, let's talk <laughs> when about podcasts your, collide. Well, let's <laughs> let's talk about your podcast because we haven't really talked about that yet. We've been kind okay. of sticking with the food stuff, and we're going to get back to hey, it. Hey, it's all connected. Yeah, yeah. but uh, you have a podcast, and what's mm-hmm. it called? The Lou Review. The Lou Review, L-O-U. Yes, not to be confused with a guy named Lou who reviews movies. This is Lou Review, (laughs) like Louisville Review. Right, exactly. Okay, and and what does the Lou Review cover? The Lou Review covers the people making Kentuckiana great. And I say Kentuckiana because I have crossed the bridge into New Albany and Jeffersonville, Indiana, and... Um, started interviewing people over there as well. They, they call that the sunny side, right? Is that right? Um, depending on who you ask, that's which side is God's side of the river. I mean, <laughs> I am from Tennessee, and oh. I don't have a dog in that fight. I just want all of the experiences. Yeah, you, you just... <laughs> Our economies are so linked, really, across yeah. the bridge. There's like this mental block people have to cross in the bridge. If they live in Indiana or if they live in Kentucky, a lot of people from Kentucky will drive into Indiana, but a lot of people from Indiana don't want to drive over into Kentucky. And I and I get that. I understand yeah. that. But I mean, but, I, I get uh, avoiding the tolls. But you like both. Yeah. And when it comes to discussing which is best, you're Switzerland. I mean, that's like. I mean, it's all connected. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got our favorite places over there. Yeah. We do like the parlor. We like uh, Pearl Street Tap House. We like uh, the Red Yeti. Oh, my gosh. The Red Yeti. <laughs> oh, tell us about the Red Yeti. <laughs> well, Chef Mike Bo, who really put that restaurant on the map for his amazing culinary creations. I didn't want to go in there at first because I thought, oh, that's for, you know, men who want the Sasquatch vibe <laughs> and want to have yeah. some greasy food. But then I encountered uh, his food at uh, the Apron Inc. Taste of Louisville. Uh, no, not Taste of Louisville. Taste of Independence. There's so many fundraisers. Um, but they, he won the favorite um, food of the night at Taste of Independence. And there was like Buku's a chef there. Yeah. Like it was amazing. And like his mixture of flavors was so complimentary to one another. His ingredients were so high quality and uh, he sources like almost all of everything they can is sourced locally and they support local farmers and it's really high quality food. So, I mean, if you can go to the red Yeti, that's going to be an amazing culinary experience. Yeah. We, we, Melody and I have been there. We actually stumbled upon a pretty good bottle there. An old Four Roses bottle was up on the shelf, and nobody oh, knew it was there. Wow. And I got a pour from it. Oh, it was wonderful. Okay. Yeah. So we like the Red Yeti. Yeah. We like a lot of things about uh, that area. Have you been to Pints and Union in New Albany? We have been to Pints and Union, and we like that place, too. Mm-hmm. So it, it's about as uh, British pub as you can get, mm-hmm. right? Wow. Yep, they got their British Indian one. food. Yep. Oh, yeah. You got to get over there, man. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's adorable. So <laughs> he has, Joe Phillips owns that. And uh, I interviewed him on my podcast as well. And he has been so amazing at like revitalizing that area and just really pouring his vision into Pints and Union and creating that English pub. Um, 
environment where it's very familial. They have TVs playing, but it plays like old things that were on TV, like black and white stuff, no commercials. It's like pre-recorded. Right. So like you can take your kids in there and it's like a family friendly environment. And if you go upstairs, they have all these board games. You can sit up there and play like it's adorable. You've got to go there. And cool. they have a lot of great gen options. Yeah, <laughs> so. I, I, it's a pretty cool place. And, and there's a lot of really great places across the river. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, as we're sitting here talking about food and you know visiting the bourbon trail and trying some different restaurants don't forget that just across the river just across the ohio river in uh, southern indiana there's Mm -hmm. some pretty fine places to yeah and and you know you never would guess that uh that you might stumble upon some old dusty four roses bottle in a bar but it can happen when you you know what you're looking for you got to know what you're looking for and on that day i just got lucky so (laughs) Yeah, it's really good. So let's talk a little bit more about kind of the downtown Louisville scene. You know, um, you say a lot of the places that you have been, that 300 or so spots you've been are in that corridor downtown. Yeah, unfortunately, like I live on the East End and we don't have a lot of nice restaurants out on the East End, actually. Um, There are a lot of them are downtown. Um, You had asked me before. Uh, what restaurants I would recommend if you're looking for a good like bourbon cocktail or um, just a good selection of bourbons. Um, obviously, Equus and Jack's, which is located in St. Matthews, so it's not downtown downtown. And we, we talked about that early in the show. That's where we attempted this podcast the right. first time. Exactly. And Brian, what did you have there? So we had a blackberry ghost pepper. Was it raspberry? I think it was black raspberry. Pepper. Raspberry. It was, no, it was raspberry, raspberry ghost, ghost pepper. Old fashioned. Knob old fashioned. Creek. Knob Creek. Old fashioned. Nine year Knob so Creek. So that was our that was our drink. And mm-hmm. you and I both had the same thing. And what did you have? I had peach and pear puree with the Knob Creek. Okay. It so we really all had good. kind of a, a play on an old fashioned. Uh-huh. And then Brian, what did you have for your meal? So I had the uh Alfredo. Okay. Cool. Yep. Fettuccine Alfredo. It was fantastic you guys seem to really enjoy that red wine it was well. really good so they, they they comped us a bottle that was so nice of that them. that was so nice of them that was really I thank you yeah. thank you to the mm-hmm. equus restaurant there for doing that mm-hmm. jared fox matthews is a great guy and mm-hmm. he, he couldn't be there himself but that was his gift so well we'd yeah. like to definitely give him a shout out because mm-hmm. unfortunately the episode that we recorded at the restaurant didn't mm-hmm. turn out we had a technical issue but um, we definitely want to give them a shout out and say mm-hmm. if you're if you're in Louisville and you're touring the Bourbon Trail, definitely check out Equus E Q U U S. It's also Jack's. Mm-hmm. It's also the Black Rabbit Speakeasy. Speakeasy, and and you got to know the password. The, no, pe- the password is your reservation. You got to have you a reservation. You can make a reservation on Open Table for the Speakeasy. Yeah, and that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, we actually yeah. went into the Speakeasy, and then we. Went deeper into the speakeasy to what's mm-hmm. called the rabbit hole. Yes. That was so cool. Yes. Not associated with rabbit hole distillery. Yeah. But it is a lovely area. And I think, Brian, you said you had been there when it was owned by someone else. And it was a very different vibe in the same exact room. That's right. I have, I have a lot of very fond memories from when it used to be owned by Dean Corbett. And even back in that little room where we were at, we talked about uh, the other night that 
we actually used to have our basketball meetings back in that room. And, <laughs> and that is not the vibe. <laughs> and that is now. not the vibe now. <laughs> Dean would walk in and he'd have his Bud Light and we'd have our meetings and he would make sure all the parents were behaving and all that good stuff. And and we had birthday parties there for children and, and all <laughs> kinds of just fantastic. So there was a lot of memories coming back uh, while we were there. And, you know, for us, we have a little bit of a memory there, too. Now, Melody and I, when we first got together, we lived in that part of town. But we used to go over there and Jax is part of that. Jax is kind of the bar area, right? And we used to go over there. We, we used to actually call it our bar. <laughs> That's our bar. And that's where we went because we lived over by Brown Park. So when was the last time you two have been there? It has been probably, um, I'm going to say 10 years, probably 10 years. Yeah. So this was early in our relationship. So not under the current ownership. Not under the current relationship. So that would have been back during Dean's time there. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that was just the place that we went. We just called it our bar. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. We we didn't, we didn't call it Jack's. We just Mm -hmm. said our bar. Pretty cool. Because you're Jim. It's not Jax. It's Jim and Melody. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked for the the mushroom bisque soup that they used to have on the menu, mm. and it wasn't there. So I'm like, oh, gee, darn. So you got shrimp and grits? I had shrimp. Right? Of course, I always Sorry. get shrimp and grits. Mm. And I had the verlasso salmon, which yeah. was amazing. Yeah, good place to go. And Rosa, I don't, I don't think we can leave out the nachos. I think oh, you need to talk about right. the nachos a little bit. So at Equus and Jacks, and they have the same menu available over in the Black Rabbit Speakeasy. So um, we have preloaded nachos where each tortilla chip they make their chips, and they are not like those weak, crumbly things. They're very <laughs> sturdy, thick chips, and they're preloaded. So each one is like. A designed bite so that's every, curated for Every you. nacho is prepared as an individual de- delight. <laughs> were you individually <laughs> delighted by each one, Jim? Yes, I was. <laughs> yes, that's pretty cool. Because you used to get a pile of nachos with a bunch of stuff topped mm-hmm. and right. dumped on them. But these are each nacho is individually prepared. Mm-hmm. And it's got a full bite of stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great. Yeah. It was memorable, too. Was All like, right. Well, I want to move on down that list. You've right, got a right, whole right. list of stuff here. I do. Okay. So you're coming to the <laughs> Bourbon Road. You've already been to Jack's, Equus, the Black Rabbit. You've had that experience, but you're on the Bourbon Trail for a week. Where are we going next? Only a week? Yeah. I had 10 places Okay. Here. Well, hmm. you got to eat lunch and dinner. <laughs> That's fair. That's okay. fair. Okay, if you have a lot of bourbon, you got to have a lot of food to soak it up, right? That's right. Okay, so um, Bourbon's Bistro on uh, Frankfurt Avenue. They have a great bourbon um, co- selection there. They also have amazing food. I had their burger after a tasting the other night, and they have Parmesan garlic fries. Um, that burger was just perfection. It was medium. It was perfect. Anyway. Definitely go to Bourbon's Bistro. They have a $55 steak. Like, you can eat, like, really well there. But they also have just a really great burger if you just want to walk in casually. So. And they also have the owner of Bourbon's Bistro also is a, <clears throat> um, he has his own bourbon it's called oh. Buzzard's Roost. Oh, yeah. And it's uh, it's fantastic. He does such a great job finishing his whiskeys. Uh, the Buzzard's Roost whiskeys are just tremendous. The toasted barrel whiskeys are just top of this world i do love toasted bourbon it's really good so you can go there and get a great meal Mm -hmm. and a bottle and they got a bar inside yes so the bar is like the first thing you see but then there's like this it looks like pretty fine dining 
Yeah. But, yeah, it's a great place. Yeah. Um, Steak and Bourbon, which is off Westport Road in, um, I think it's Westport Place over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's got, that's where I fell in love with Michter's Rye. I thought I didn't like rye. And I got, a, uh, like I said, Michter's was so nice. They donated to a cause. And I was like, well, I need to, you know, get a sampling of their bourbon. And so I had a flight there. And I didn't expect to like the rye, and that was my favorite one. And then I went to Fort Nelson Distillery downtown and bought a bottle of it. So, yay, good stuff! Yeah. Great yeah. empanadas at Steak and Bourbon. They do okay. Wow. Uh, they also have like a Roman candle on their birthday cake. So you go there for your birthday. It's like this whole spectacle. It's very fun. <laughs> All right, roadies, you're listening to this episode. I hope you got your pen and pencil up. But if you don't, at the very least, put a note in your phone to mark this episode that you're going to come back to this if you're coming to the Bourbon Trail because there's some great places to eat here. And honestly, there's a lot of great places to eat here, but there's some misses too, right? You got to be careful. Not on your list, there aren't any no, messes. No, I did not prepare a list of places not to <laughs> but, go to. But if you don't, if you don't follow a recommended list, there's yeah. a chance you could end up at a miss. That's true. So definitely make sure you mark this episode as a must listen before you come visit. Because agreed, y'all coming here for bourbon, but you gotta eat while you're here. That's right, and you don't want to waste your money on subpar yeah. experiences. Which brings me to north of Bourbon. Uh-huh. You need to go there, Jim and Brian. Yes, you both need to go there. Um, you need to reserve a table for six in one of their barrel booths. So you get to eat inside of a barrel that's big enough for six people. So it's huge. But um, the food is like a low country Louisiana theme. But they have an amazing selection of bourbon. So, like, the bourbon aficionados around town, that's where they're going to go eat. It's off, like, Goss Avenue, Germantown-ish. Mm-hmm. So, uh, north of bourbon, make a note. Now, that's where we were going to want to record, but we couldn't because right. they were closed on Mondays. They are closed on Mondays. Make yes. a note of that. Equus and Jack's is open on Mondays. So, take a note of that. Um, the Old Steelbach Bar downtown. Uh, that is a gorgeous place. They have amazing cocktails and they have this gorgeous staircase that makes you think of the Titanic. And then in the basement, they've got this amazing um, structure that makes you feel like you're in Game of Thrones. Like the Rat Skeller. The Rat Skeller. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so intense. Yeah. Pretty cool place. I love that place. Um, then. Repeal Oak-Fired Steakhouse. Have you been there? I haven't. You're naming off a bunch of places I haven't been yet. Repeal. Remember, I do 10 places a year, so I I need to step up our... We need to step up our game. I guess. I guess. (laughs) I mean... And then, um, yeah, definitely go to Repeal. I believe they have something for everybody there, but they have really good bourbon selections. And then uh, Watch Hill Proper is not downtown. But Watch Hill Proper is a bourbon club. You can get like an annual membership and do um, exclusive experiences like you described with your Angel Envy barrel pick or whatever. They'll have members only events and only members can make a reservation there. But you can just walk in and eat. Their chef, Michael Crouch, uh, prepares some spectacular food. I will never forget the lobster hush puppies, but they're $7 each. So I wanted 10, but I, you know, for $7 <laughs> each. So I could, 
I mean, just eat them forever. They're so delicious. But so it's open to the public. It is open, but to not the public. by reservation. Right. Okay. You can make a reservation if you want to become an annual member. Yeah. It's very fancy. Yeah. <laughs> There's lots of bourbon chic decor, like leather couches or green velvet couches um, throughout. So it's beautiful. I just saw Leslie say fun. So maybe we're going to have an opportunity to go there soon. Yeah, let's do it. For real. And then um, I did, I went to Swizzle. It's the rotating restaurant at the top of the Galt House. Yeah. It used to have a different name. They have, um, they do smoked cocktails. Um, mm-hmm. You'll have um, your old fashioned come out in a big box and they open the door and the smoke pours out. And so that's a fun experience. They have um, some high end food, but it's not like, it's not the same. Like I normally I would really, Focus on the local chefs and stuff like that. So it's not as locally oriented, but they do have a really good happy hour. So if you want something that's affordable, but a really nice experience, I would recommend their happy hour. Now I heard that they have some uh, like events there, like mm-hmm. tasting events and stuff that they Probably. Uh, from time to time. And, and you can pay a, pay a flat dollar amount and come in and have a tasting oh. and a dinner and nice. all that. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. That sounds fun. I want to go. I was very mm-hmm. impressed. It, it is affordable. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and when you think about downtown, rotating restaurant, <laughs> right. all, all those types of things, you're going to think it's going to be a lot more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it is. It's affordable and it it's is. a great experience. And it might just be that now with McDonald's doubling in prices, <laughs> it just seems <laughs> a lot more accessible. It's like, well, if I'm going to pay this much, I might as well go to a nice place and get fast food. <laughs> so. But all these places you're telling us about, these are all $2 sign places. Yeah. You can make some of them $3 sign places, but that's probably more if you what order you choose wine, to drink. If you order wine or cocktails. Um, or- I don't know. Or your level of bourbon, probably. Probably. Yeah. Could, well, if you're Your ordering top the, shelf four roses, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of careful when I go out to eat. If I right? if if they've got a, a you know a nice extended bourbon list, I usually don't try the real expensive ones. I'll have I'll have something I haven't had before if mm-hmm. it's reasonable. If not, I'll just have a wild turkey one oh one. Yeah. Good for me. I might even, now I might have an angel's envy. That's really good. You saying you stay in your comfort zone? I say, yeah. The shrimp and grits and a wild turkey 101. That's me. You know you're going to have a good time. Yeah. I think it's always easier to try something that's a little bit more affordable on that list rather than Mm -hmm. going deep and saying, oh, that that looks amazing, but it's $75 a pour. For sure. Then you say, well, I've never had this and it's $8. Yeah. Well, it was really nice that the silver dollar had that thing going on recently where you could go in and have their their discount pours every night i need to go there and we did that we did that and i went and i had some amazing pours for a reasonable price and i really like that when they have kind of a rotating kind of deal exactly such a great thing yeah so there's some changes going on with silver dollar correct changes in ownership and i'm not sure what the new owners are going to do but uh yeah so silver dollar is uh is changing hands and we'll see what it becomes in the future. I kind of like what it is now. I hate to see it change too much because it's a kind of fixture on the Louisville scene. It's been around for a long time. It's always been in the top 10 whiskey bars in the country kind of deal. But, you know, the owner gets to make that choice. Let's see what happens. What is the nearest distillery to the silver dollar? Angel's Envy is pretty close. 
Um, is this over Dollar Downtown? It's no. I thought it's it was closer Frankfurt to like Churchill Avenue, Downs, Frankfurt oh. Avenue, almost to the end. Yeah, it's down. I was not picturing it then. That yeah. location. Okay. Down by the Morning Fork. Oh, is that what it's called now? I love Morning oh, Fork. Oh, the Morning Fork. We yeah, went there. Is, yeah, the Morning Fork. Which is also Fork and Barrel Afternoon. Yeah, right. It's a du- it's a dual purpose restaurant. It mm-hmm. kind of switches themes, right? Well, they were in two totally separate buildings. Yeah. But they were owned by a couple, and the husband's is Fork and Barrel, and the wife's is Morning Fork. And, like, she'll dress up like Disney princesses and do all these cool themed brunches, and it's so much fun. Is that on your list? Oh, no. That I, On my list of places I have been multiple times, yes. I mean, on your list you're giving to us tonight. No. Okay. I don't go there for bourbon. I go there to take my daughter <laughs> to have character experiences <laughs> and also really cute brunchy food. So. Okay. So the big ones that are down on Whiskey Row, let's talk about those a little bit. And I just need your honest opinion. Sure. All right. If I've been there, I'll have an opinion. O'Shea's. Love O'Shea's. Uh, Merle's. I haven't been there yet, but I hear that's the source of Joella's chicken, and I love Joella's chicken. Okay. Doc Crows? I've been there. They have really good smoked food. Honestly, I really enjoyed the vibe of their bourbon bar mm-hmm. side, um, even more than the food. Like, I would just go for the bourbon side. Good okay. po' boys. Mm, that's not what I had there, but I want that now. <laughs> so, I'm going to get a more general here. I'm going to okay. say, if you're in downtown Louisville, let's mm-hmm. say you're staying at the gold house and you're and you're doing the downtown louisville whiskey row bourbon scene you're trying to hit all the downtown distilleries and you're going to go out and travel around and do others Mm. when you're downtown would you more suggest they stay along main street or do you think new is the place to go market street to the kind of the east side of louisville I mean, uh, Nulu has so many great options. Um, We talked about this before. Gertie's Whiskey Bar is in Nulu. And that's where I've had uh, Absinthe the first time was in their speakeasy. Oh, my gosh. Their speakeasy is so awesome. It's so cozy. And, like, you go down these stairs. Oh, Lulu on Market now. Um, which is also in, in that old area. Deca. It's in Nulu. Yeah. Um, it's a Louisiana themed restaurant. So you go there and you feel like it's Mardi Gras all the so time. So we start talking about Nulu and you perk up. Yes. I mean, that's like your <laughs> party zone. I mean, the local seltzer is down there. You can yeah. have your bourbon turned into a seltzer. And I had my uh, urine review party at the local seltzer and it was really fun. It's a really light atmosphere. And, um, Let's see the craftery is over there in Nulu. Um, it's a the craftery bar where you can get a cocktail and make a craft. Um, so I've made uh, some painting things. I made a flask cover there out of leather. Okay, cool. cool. Yeah, I mean, and it, it was like all Yellowstone like. I don't know. Felt all rustic. All right, so I I, I get it. If you're you get if it, you're go staying to Nulu. Down, go to Nulu. So <laughs> sorry, I can't stop talking. So about it now. so those who are listening are not from the Louisville area and mm-hmm. don't know what the heck Nulu means. It's basically short for New Louisville. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the area of Louisville that has been resurrected from mm-hmm. the ashes, basically. From well, the- and we have old Louisville where you would go to see like historic buildings and things like that. Yeah. So it's kind of in contrast. To so that. this is Market. Street. Street mm-hmm. east of town. 
So on the sure. other side of I-65, on the east side of I-65 downtown. Mm-hmm. It's like an extension. Oh, there's, of a, there's a Cuban restaurant down there that's really pretty cool. <gasps> La Bodeguita de Mima. Yeah. Oh, I love that place so much. I don't go there for bourbon, but yeah. I love all their food. <laughs> and they have this massive sangria in this huge like fish bowl. And it's like got steam coming out of it. It's amazing. And there's a little empanada place behind. Have you ever been there? Nope. Oh, it's pretty good. We like that too. But. La Bogadita de Mama, whatever you say. It's called La Bogadita de Mama? Senora Rapus. That's it, right. That's Brian, Brian got it. Mm-hmm. Leslie had it. Yeah, it's pretty good. We <laughs> like that too. I think the the Cuban restaurant out front is is it's our jam. We it's, love the atmosphere. It's the big yellow building in case it, yeah. you draft by. You can't miss it. And it's close to Repeal and Barvetti's down there. Barvetti's Italian. Yeah. In there. It's really good. And they got a lot of vegan options there at Barvetti. Yeah. So if you're yeah. vegan, that's a good choice. True. All right. Well, I think we've covered a lot of ground here. <laughs> well, let's let's take a minute and okay. talk about kind of what you have going on. So you just recently announced that you're gonna take this this effort you've had to to compile this list of distilleries and restaurants and, mm-hmm. and sort of put them together on the map and you're gonna make. You're gonna write a book. Let's do it. You're I'm, gonna. I'm do gonna it. do it. Yeah, because I'm already gonna take pictures of the food and write about my experience at each place, and I usually share that on Instagram and Facebook. So if you want to follow that in real time, follow me at Lou Food Reviews or at the Lou Review Podcast on Facebook. But yeah, I want to compile a book because, especially on Instagram, that stuff, the shelf life on an Instagram post is like a few days yeah, and sure. then nobody mm-hmm. sees it again. So um, if you want a resource for, I'm going to try to plan my trip, which people make pilgrimages to Louisville to and to the Bourbon Trail to experience all this that we've been talking about. Um, I'd love to be a part of helping them have a resource to plan their trip because I have the field guide. It does not recommend restaurants. So I'm having to like <laughs> do all this footwork to find out, okay, well, where do I need to go? What's the actual physical closest place? Also, where's the closest place I actually want to eat at? <laughs> so, yeah. I think that's a great idea. And so, so people can find out about your book project on Kickstarter. Yeah. And uh, what's the title of your book? Well, since you mention it, eating my way along the bourbon trail. Eating my way along the bourbon trail. Mm-hmm. And so this is a, a, a bourbon trail visitor's guide to where to eat yep. more or less. And no matter what distillery you go to, whether it be a craft bourbon trail mm-hmm. distillery or a main bourbon trail distillery, you'll have recommendations nearby each one. Right. Well, within a reasonable distance. I'll Some of them are about. Yeah, so. I'll be able to say I ate at this place nearby and... This was my experience. That's awesome. That's so great. I think people should make a note of that. They should definitely follow you on Instagram, mm-hmm. Lou Food Reviews, mm-hmm. and uh, sort of follow your your uh, travels around. And, and as you build and build this list and write this book, mm-hmm. and just uh, and I'm open to suggestions. So if you've been listening to this and you're like, "Oh, this girl doesn't even know what she's missing," message me and tell me so I can go there. <laughs> yeah. Well, Rosa, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. For the second time. <laughs> you know, I'm so glad it happened this way so I can meet your lovely wives this time. And Yeah. And have you over to my house. Into it's great. My 
illuminated dungeon. Well, thank you for the hospitality. I think <laughs> we've had a really good time this morning. We got to have that amazing gin drink before we started. And mm-hmm. I have to say, I was, I've never seen somebody make a cocktail before that changes colors while it's being made so, <laughs> and then put sparkles in it. <laughs> you mean glitter doesn't come with all of your glitter, bourbon road I, cocktails? I normally don't have glitter cocktails, <laughs> but that Because I feel like Leslie might need that to start being a thing. Yeah. She's, yep. She's, Just she's holding up it. her drink in agreement. All right. Well, thanks again for being on the show. I think you already mentioned where everybody can find you on social media. Yeah, but and, if you are interested in sponsoring that Kickstarter and getting a copy of the book when it comes out, look it up there, Eating My Way Along the Bourbon Trail. That's perfect. And we'll make sure that uh, when things get going on that, we'll put it back out to our listeners. So Thank you. They can follow it. Well, Brian, where can people find us on the Bourbon Road? Well, as always, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and even TikTok. Even TikTok. Even, even TikTok. TikTok. You can also find us on YouTube. We do. We don't actually put out many videos there. We've got a few shorts, but we don't do video podcasts. Do you but- dance on TikTok? <clears throat> I would watch that. No, we don't. <laughs> Jim, Jim choked for a second there. No, we don't. She said dance. <laughs> No, we don't dance on not, not, unless, not unless you like the two-step or anything like that, but there's definitely no dancing. Okay. But we also have a private Facebook group called The Bourbon Roadies. We've got 3,200 members on there, and and we're kind of particular about who we let in. you got to answer a few questions. I don't know. In. You let me in. So. We, we did let you in. <laughs> we did let you in. You, you have to answer a few questions to become part of the group. Look, just go on to Facebook, search The Bourbon Roadies. Mm-hmm. It'll come up. It's a group to join. Click the join button. Three questions. Are you 21? Got to be 21 to be in our bourbon group. Do you like bourbon? Because we want to make sure you know you're getting yourself into a bourbon group. And the third thing is we, we ask you to be nice when you're in there because we don't want anybody picking on anybody else for what they're drinking. Everybody gets to drink the whiskey they want to drink. And it doesn't matter whether it's from the bottom shelf or the top shelf. Right. You drink what you can afford and you drink what you like. Mm-hmm. It's your whiskey. Drink it your way. That's all there is to it. Just open the damn bottle, right, Brian? That's right. <laughs> that's right. Don't and stick them on the shelf to gather dust. That's right. And the other thing that we we do not tolerate, this is not a secondary marketplace. So don't mm-hmm. come on and try to sell bottles. Uh, we just, we don't like that. It's funny because if, if we didn't enforce that rule. We'd probably have 30,000 users instead of 3,000, right? That's right. But we're very strict about it, and our moderators will kick you off in a moment's notice. So mm-hmm. just be careful. Come on if you're wanting to have a good time. Share your pictures. Share your stories. Share your bottles. Have a great time, but don't sell your whiskey. All right. We do a show every single week. Every Wednesday, we come out with a new episode. So be on the lookout for it. Brian, what do they have to do to make sure they don't miss one? Well, you can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Spotify, on Apple Podcast, and any other place that you may uh, you may like to listen to podcasts on. You're just looking for that subscribe button. You want to click the subscribe button, and when you do that, you'll be notified each time we release a new podcast. All right, so you'll get that notification. You can know that Brian and I have kicked out another episode, something to listen to, something to take another hour of your time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, keep an eye out for it. We definitely want to hear from our listeners. If you've got an idea for a show, if you've got a distiller in your hometown that's doing great things, you want to make a recommendation to us to bring somebody on the show, have a bottle, have a guest, whatever it is, a topic. We'd love to hear it. 
Uh, you can reach out to us always on email at team at the bourbonroad.com. You can also go to our website, thebourbonroad.com, and send us a message on our contact us page. We'll make sure to get right back to you. While you're on thebourbonroad.com, we got all our swag there, our t-shirts, glasses, hats, all the good stuff. Do you have any t-shirts for women, Jim? They're coming. They're coming. We're going to have women's <laughs> t-shirts here in the next, probably the next 30 days. So keep your eyes out. we got a great new design that's coming out. So yeah, thanks for asking, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I want one of those. Yeah, you're going to get one. Don't okay. worry. All right, folks. Well, we appreciate it. We love you listening to our show. Make sure you you check out everyone. And we got 335 or so episodes now. So, uh, you know, once you listen to this That's one. That's almost as many restaurants as I have, Jim. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you go back and listen to the old ones. They're old, but they're good. It's a lot of fun. Until the next time, we'll see you down the, the Bourbon Road. Road.